Discussing Network presents Discussing Who, the Doctor Who podcast. I'm Lee Shackelford, and welcoming aboard, Mr. Clarence Brown. Mr. Brown, how are you? I am doing greatly. How are you on this midday yeah. <laughs> gathering? <laughs> we're, we're doing something weird, and we're, it's, I don't know, it, it's... Um, a Valentine or a prank or I don't know, somewhere in between. But Kyle has asked the two of us repeatedly to to do a, a discussing who, uh, just the two of us. Oh so yeah. So we're trying to surprise him by. So we, so we had to get together in the middle of the day and instead of at night where we <laughs> usually do. But uh, happily, Mister Brown and I both work from home, so that's um, it's all about computers, man. Oh yeah. And no, we did not kick Kyle off the TARDIS. Exactly. He, he, he will be back. He will be back. <laughs> um, in fact, if I know him, he'll he'll add something to contribute to this. But, uh... The Discussing Network presents Discussing Who, a Doctor Who podcast. I'm Kyle Jones, and Lee Shackelford is probably thinking that I'm going to insert something into his podcast episode. But guess what? Total surprise. I'm not going to do it. And now, back to your regularly scheduled special episode. Or... As I like to say, I'll be back next time. Surely so, will. Yeah. Anyway, um, but yeah, we um, we're we're in an interesting who place right now because um, we're it's twenty twenty two in uh, May as we record this, so there's no regular who going on. The next time we see a new episode of the current series, it will be the 13th Doctor's Farewell. Yes. And we may or may not see Shooty in that episode. I'm guessing we will. I would hope with the other additions we have gotten news of in the last few days, I would hope we would see them just for, you know, a few minutes. I would yeah. suffice. I mean... I guess the 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 things we've established since 2005 is uh, what what have we had so far? We had David Tennant say Barcelona, <laughs> and that was that, and uh, and then we had Matt Smith say Geronimo. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, it's funny. I don't, I don't think does Capaldi have one. It's more of a it's a it's a different moment, isn't it? Because uh. um, we already had the uh, the Archon energy explosion and everything, and then the Eleventh yeah. Doctor somehow restrains it, and then he becomes <laughs> the Twelfth yeah. Doctor like that. Um, yeah, what I remember principally about that is Jenna Coleman doing that amazing bug-eyed thing that she does sometimes. <laughs> where it really looks like her eyes are going to come out of her head, but um, so that was that. And um, boy, I haven't watched uh, the woman who fell to earth, and so or well, no, it's well, that's the, just it. She fell to earth. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. The uh, no, like, but yeah, our first moment of uh, 
Jody was getting tossed out of the TARDIS. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember we had the conversation around that. Did she get spit out or yeah. what actually happened there? Yeah. Does, does the TARDIS hate her? Is that what we're learning here? <laughs> what yeah. does that say? So it's certainly some of my favorite regenerations of those last two with uh, Capaldi and the two Jody Whitaker. I love I loved seeing Capaldi's speech about the kids and oh, yeah. uh, he could feel it, feel it in his bones when he gave that last monologue. That was great. I was just reading the text of that just the other day because somebody had made a work of, of art, you know, and put that on Facebook and I was just think that is that's the way to go. That was yeah. leaving leaving a message for his predecessor or successor. Uh, yeah, when we don't know what's going to happen, so so that's cool. I like it. But do we? You, you're talking about news the last couple of days. Do we know something new about companions? Or yeah, she, well, for the sixtieth, uh, is it sixtieth? Yeah, the, the, yeah. So people who will be oh, joining oh, oh, for yes. that episode, <laughs> right? Right. Um, and, and Kyle wouldn't forgive us if I didn't say if you don't know. If you haven't been following the news and you don't want to hear about it, spoilers. Spoilers. Affirmative. Spoilers. Spoilers? What spoilers? And I killed Sparky, too. Speaking of the 10th Doctors, who were David Tennant uh, is coming back for the 60th anniversary, presumably as the 10th Doctor, somehow. Yeah. 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 And that's cool because he was also... Very much, uh, very prominent in the 50th anniversary. Yep. And Catherine Tate is coming back as Donna Noble as well. And I am interested to see how we're going to make that work. Yeah. Isn't she supposed to explode if her brain is going to explode? If she ever remembers? She, yep. It will, it will kill her. Yeah. A, a doctor in her own right at this point. Yeah. If she gets her memory back. So that'll be interesting. And her human brain can't can't hold it. So, I if it was if it was left up to me, if somebody said, "Okay, go," <laughs> I would say we're going to pick her out of the timeline before that happens. Oh well, yep, that makes sense. Definitely makes sense. I remember David Tennant coming back the first time, and it was a little. I don't know if we did we get an exact timeline of where he dropped out mm-hmm. of his previous incarnation. Into I don't the, think so. Yeah. No. So it's going to be interesting where they placed, you know, them two or that group jumping out and, and joining us. I think it'll be a lot of fun, though. And we know we'll that we, we have Ace and Tegan coming yes. up in, before this year is out. Yeah. So, Yeah. So fun for folks who have been longtime fans, probably maybe completely baffling to people coming on board <laughs> the first time. But I was just listening to our episode where we were talking about uh, the announcement of the 14th Doctor and um, uh, Kyle's friend from work talking about how what a big fan she is of Shooty. Yes. And he's saying she may come on board as a as a Whovian before she knows it because she's going to watch the show just for him. Yes. Yes. I thought, That's going to be interesting. The, the, he, to come on board <laughs> at <yeah>. this time <laughs> say, what the heck is going on here? Well, he's definitely bringing in a, a younger crowd. Uh, you know, he has his own set of fans from uh, the, the Sex Education show. So uh, it'll be interesting to see those people come on. And 
even more interesting, I think, is going to be to see the transition of the people who really loved Jodie Whittaker and see where it goes from there. Because mm-hmm. I think there, you know, we hate to say it, but there is a slight divide in the people who jump on at that point versus some of the people before who were just indignant about a woman being the doctor. Although they eventually got on board, I hope. So it's going to be interesting to see as we make another transition, like where that goes. I, to me, that's that is the big question hovering over our heads right now. Because yeah, you know, my wife is a a, a social scientist, a, a media psychologist, so she studies things like this exactly. And um, she she said the other day that the pushback for Shooty is not going to be like it was for Jody, because for better or for worse, our culture. And I guess we mean British and American culture is less racist than it is sexist. Huh. Yeah. And that's one of those statements you you kind of say. Well, hooray! I mean, that's terrible. I mean, yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I. Hmm. How about we not be either one? <laughs> that's a lot to ask, apparently. Yeah, that's the hope. That's the hope. That's the hope. So. But I... Well... <laughs> I don't know. I, always, I keep thinking about... Uh, I had read somewhere about um, some uh, white supremacist group who were just all about the Thor movies. That they were so <laughs> glad that Marvel was making these movies set in, you know, in the dream world. Of white Uh-oh. supremacy, of course, you know, from from Norse mythology, yeah. and and so we then they get the film and the casting of Heimdall, it's Idris yeah. Elba, yeah, yeah, and they were furious. And, oh boy, it's fun uh, to watch you guys wiggle. Well, you know, so, if they see the latest trailers, they might be even more pissed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right; they get to they get to have it. Oh, keep twisting the knife, keep it. But I, I, well, when I when I asked you if this was when we can get together and do our just just Clarence and Lee episode, uh, <laughs> we were saying, but what are we going to talk about? We don't want to do an episode out of sequence, or and I said, can we just talk about the fandom in general? And so, yeah, that this seems to be the moment because I'm this last episode of the Thirteenth Doctor was the least watched episode of all who ever and I I know some of that is because everybody everybody <laughs> seems to be really disappointed with Chris Chibnall yeah but I wonder if this isn't the lingering well I'm through with Doctor Who if Doctor Who's going to be a woman then I'm out well I, I wasn't actively watching when we got those David Tennant specials near mm-hmm. the end of his run but from me looking at this, I would expect the specials, I'm holding up quotes here, yeah. to feel more like a special episode. Yeah. And if I'm going to take, just look at that episode itself, it seemed like it just could have been a normal episode within the season. You know, It, it so, was shorter than the regular episodes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it didn't, in my opinion, I mean, it didn't feel very special. <laughs> you know, no. for next to last uh, episode of you know, a doctor that's leaving. So, yeah, it could be a, a bit of that fan divide slash hate lingering on, but I don't know. Uh, I just don't think it was a very special episode. Mm-hmm. 
No, yeah. I, 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 I agree completely. It was, um, there were things that, as we said on our episode, that we, we really liked about it, but, but I think you're right. Was it, was it special? <laughs> uh, I mean, Day of the Doctor is special. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, no doubt. But that was a colossal undertaking, and it was <laughs> before the pandemic, and Doctor Who was riding high in the ratings at that time, and so um, so I understand it's it's not that world anymore, but yeah, I don't know. Were any of the Whitaker episodes shown in theaters, like the fandom events, like they did with some of the the, oh. the Tenet and Smith runs? I can't quite remember myself. I don't think so. But somebody correct us if if we're wrong, because um, if so, I didn't go. <laughs> um, I, I, I hope Shooty's going to, and the scripts, are going to bring new energy. Yeah. Sorry. Since I, since I was just listening to that episode, I, I remember that, that I thought you made a, an outstanding point that, that Kyle asked us, what kinds of stories would you like to see for the 14th Doctor? And and you said words to the effect of, well, if, actually, if I could figure that out, I'd be writing it. <laughs> you know? And I thought, well, that's a good point. We all say, no, I know what they ought to do. I think, well, that, that's something that's very interesting. Like, as a viewer, as a fan, part of the fandom, are we looking for new and different or are we looking for, and maybe this will tie into another fandom we're both fans of, uh-huh. we want something new but with the familiar feel. Just give me the essence of what was before, you know? And I feel like with the Chimaran, that maybe what we're missing is more the essence. The, we do get it in some episodes where we get some of the classic characters coming in. Mm-hmm. We get some of the similar-esque storylines of what we had before. But, yeah. Does it have the the essence and the feel of of what came before it? Maybe not. <laughs> and that's so elusive. You know what what is the what is the feel? I mean, I agree. I think that's what you and I were joking before that there just it being you and me. There's no way that this isn't going to turn into a conversation about Star Trek. But I was <laughs> I was actually thinking about Star Wars. Yeah. Oh, with, a, with oh, its very kind of worms. yeah, <laughs> with its very vocal fan base who said we want something different, <laughs> and then went to the theater and said no, that wasn't it. <laughs> okay, okay, let's just tell um, a new hope over again with different characters. How about that? <laughs> no, that's too much the same. Yeah. Well, what do you want? Bring, you don't bring back our creator. Bring back George. Yes. We're Lucasians here. We want George back. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, didn't we just hate everything he did 20 years prior? Yeah. He, he, so he, now he's going to save the franchise. Okay. I, I, don't, I don't know. Which is interesting. Um, we talk about how, going getting back to the doctor, how mm-hmm. things that may have not have been the greatest or you thought was the greatest when you watched it the first time like you look back with I don't know rose colored glasses rose tinted glasses and you're like oh mm. no that was really good you know and it's kind of the same or it could just be a generation of the people who were onboarded with that content are now have more of a vocal uh, have more of a voice in the fandom that's a really good point and you know you remind me um, I don't mean to keep dragging this back to Star Wars but I just saw it read this the other day it was uh was it George? It was somebody, you know, really connected to the franchise saying that people, people like me, 
you know, I mean, I was a teenager when Star Wars came out. <laughs> Currently um, referred to as Episode Four, but um, which is very perplexing for those of us who were there in '77. But um, he's saying, I think what you may be missing is that these are films for. I don't. I'm paraphrasing badly, but he was saying these are films for eight-year-old boys. Yeah. So if you were in 1977, then you're on board. And so you were growing and you got The Empire Strikes Back and you got yeah. Jedi and that was perfect. Yeah. You're done with these films now. <laughs> now, if you're eight years old, when Phantom Menace comes out, then these are the films for you. Yeah. But if you're now 25 going to see The Phantom Menace, you're bound to be disappointed. And I thought, you know, I think I've been aware of this. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, now now at this time of my life, you know, I, I have I have not me, but I have, you know, friends my age who are grandparents and we're going to see The Force Awakens and saying, what is this? <laughs> well, it ain't for you, Grandpa. It's, yeah. And career yeah. writers like me are saying, what? who is Captain Phasma? Okay, that's a cool-looking outfit. That's all yeah. we know. All right, and now she's gone. Well, that was interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we're, we're complaining about the wrong things. We're just... It's, <laughs> it's not your fandom, yeah. is, is what this article was saying. Was you... And, and, and we know how hard it is for... Well, maybe it's not hard. We've seen them do it so brilliantly over the years. Uh, Pixar... To do these films, and it's not so much the old fans versus new fans; it's the older people watching with the younger people. Right. And by golly, somehow they are able to make a film mm -hmm. that is uh, that uh, relates to each demographic. That's very, right. I mean, in different ways. Yeah. You see, see a whole different movie when you're watching it. And I just have to think when you're doing that with a franchise for an older fan who knows what the old thing is mm. and they're looking at what's coming next. I, I, that just has to be almost impossible. Nearly impossible. I, I, I am just now at this point in my writing career really learning about this whole notion of the, 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 the four quadrants and about you know males over this age and females over this age and yeah. you know and think of it as a dartboard <laughs> you're, you're gonna try to hit it right in the middle of those four you know and and the the pixar story teams that's why they have teams of writers is that they get in the room and they work out yeah but what are the what are the girls under 12 gonna think about that you know yeah well okay so then how what if we do this you know yeah. So that you keep pushing the story around until it lights up all four of those those panels, you know. Yeah. And one of the reasons why I was excited about the Thirteenth Doctor was I was thinking about all the girls watching, say, the girls yes. who are ten, eleven, twelve years old, and one of their heroes on TV is the Doctor, and, and they can see themselves in the Doctor, you know. So I'm hoping that there's there's black boys out there who are going to say that could be me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely feel like it's a lot of the, the people I know don't really. They probably know I've heard of Doctor Who. They know it's mm. a big thing over in the UK. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. But man, I don't think they have really gotten into the stories, and yeah, I just want them to see some of the brilliance of the 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 timing, wiminess of it, mm -hmm. the the fun, the adventure. That, you know, 
that's what I hope for a whole nother like hopefully like you mentioned with Jody hopefully with Shooty we'll have another you know whole group of people that come in and and just become fans and make the fandom explode even more yeah <laughs> well I boy I hope you're right I mean that's gotta be surely that's that's a lot of what they're thinking here yeah. is that it's time we stopped excluding a vast audience I think I told you about my experience of, of being aware of Hollywood's reluctance to have black leads and you know having having uh, black artists in leadership roles and you know it, it's been this stupid game that we've played in this country for a hundred years and I was there in my local theater on opening night of Black Panther and one of the few white people in the room and a lot of kids and I was just looking at this there's this little boy who's sitting next to me and I was just looking at him thinking you're gonna grow up thinking this is how it's always been yeah I, I felt I felt envy you know for the <laughs> yeah of, that. of course I, yeah of course I, I mean, agree I, I felt the way uh, 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 with my kids about the president at the time oh, that's right like, like wow this is all you know yeah yeah huh. It wasn't always take it from take it from your dad. It was not always like this. <laughs> oh yeah, what an amazing thing! Yeah. yeah. So so now well, you were joking the other day that you know now at last you can cosplay the doctor. Um, yeah. I think you're more of a, a Falcon Captain America guy in my mind. Anyway, if we're gonna dress yeah, up I think you got it yeah I, I might can pull it off the uh, Anthony Mackie thing <laughs> <laughs> if I'm being real I'm more of a Jack Harkness kind of guy when Ooh. it comes to cosplay but <laughs> I can't find a jacket anywhere so I guess that's there you go oh <laughs> yep they're out there they're out there I think but I told you that, that one of the things to love about the the big conventions is that um I, uh, uh, one of the times I was at Gallifrey One, my son and I came down the escalator down to the the, 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 the big convention floor, and there was a young woman dressed as the Tenth Doctor, and another young woman dressed as Captain Jack. So there's two <laughs> women cosplaying as these two male characters, and when we got down there, they were locked in this passionate kiss, the two of them. Oh wow! <laughs> and my son and I just looked at each other and said, "Well." There it is. There it all is <laughs> wrapped up in a ball for you right there. Oh, man. So, Dave, if you, if you are not comfortable with this, then you probably want to go somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and maybe that's, maybe that's what we've been told about the fandom, is that people who freaked out when we heard that the Doctor was going to be a woman, and now he's a black man who has, been, who has become famous for playing this uh, flamboyantly gay character, right? I haven't watched the show, so I've just seen one episode. Okay, um, and that's all I watched because just the show overall is very <laughs> in your face, and they yeah. hold no punch. They pull no punches. So right. I was like, "Oh, this might not be my show. <laughs> it's not for me." <laughs> but but that being said, to see what he can pull off as the Doctor, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm very interested in what that is. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see what goes. I, I hope it be funny at least. I hope he can be has that energy that you know that we kind of that Matt Smith fun energy yeah. that we got. You know? mm -hmm. huh. It's like a realization that's just come to me recently that that's I love Jodie Whittaker as an actor, but I think that's what's quote wrong. She she's not funny. 
and I've never really thought about it before, but one of the threads that runs through, I don't want to say always, because I don't think the first Doctor was funny, but it's one of the things that Patrick Troughton brought, brought to it. The third Doctor could be wry and witty yeah. and sarcastic, and the fourth Doctor could just be incomprehensible sometimes, and he'd do it on purpose, and that was funny. And Tom Baker is a very talented comic actor, so it, it, it worked. Fifth Doctor, not so much, but the Sixth Doctor, again, sarcastic, witty, acerbic, and you laughed because the because the actor knew that that was funny. Yeah, and it's not a comedy show, but but the, I think the the touches of humor are really important. Eccleston could be funny. David Tennant. God bless him. What a <laughs> because oh, yeah. there's nothing he can't do, and as you say, Matt Smith's character was just. I, I just loved how he would start talking and forget where he was, you know, <laughs> and then have to kind of snap himself back to reality. I always thought that was hilarious, and uh, and Peter Capaldi does the the sarcastic um, thing too, and, and he's a, he's very talented at that. I just don't think Jody is, and so. I, I think that may be one of the things that is happening in the in the showrunner's room is saying, look at look at this guy on this uh, comedy show. Let's bring him in and, because he's good. Yeah, and I wonder how much of we keep talking about Chibnall, but I wonder how much of that is the writing not recognizing. You know, after you've done so many episodes, you should kind of you think you would gauge what she can deliver and what her strong points. Exactly. Maybe let's pull back from the funny let, let, mm-hmm. let's let somebody else be the funny person right but they never seem to waver on giving her those lines that were supposed to be real comical and quippy mm-hmm. and but they just never really landed for the most part so they're like lines that were written for Matt Smith <laughs> but they gave them to to Jodie Whittaker who but we always hear that comedy is hard. I mean, I'm not a writer uh, or an actor for that matter. So, I mean, maybe you can enlighten us on, on that point. Is comedy hard, Mr. Shackelford? <laughs> yes, it is. And and you are an actor. It says so on IMDb. Ah, yeah, I guess it does. <laughs> yeah, I think you're, you're Clarence Brown number 11. Anyway. So many, so many. Yeah, yeah, it, it really is. And, and I have been in classes where people have tried to teach people how to be funny. I got a shelf of books over here about how to write funny and they, they're all the same. They give you examples of funny things, uh-huh. but when you turn the last page, you know, these, these, the writers of these books always admit, you know, maybe it's something you have to be born with. Like, hey, thank you for that <laughs> for twenty nine ninety five, Um, because it's elusive. Yeah, It's really, either you got it or you don't. It's a way of looking at the world. I've written some things that have turned out on stage to be very funny, and I think I've been very fortunate in that I had a director who understood what I was up to and, and actors who had the gift. But without those things, I think it could have all just been paralyzingly unfunny. Yeah. And it's so weird because I, I think a lot of humor in general uh, that's from the UK when it comes to American art audience we kind of sometimes don't quite get but you're mm-hmm. like you're very much a uh, 
Was it uh, Anglophile? It was an Anglophile, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I think some of my appreciation of that comes from years of listening to comedy albums or things like that from uh, radio shows from the UK and hearing a live audience laugh while I'm saying, what? <laughs> and then I'll go research it. And then I can come back to it and say, I get it. <laughs> oh, okay. I had no idea. Well, like the thing when... Uh, in uh, Robots of Sherwood. I didn't know this until I, you know, got out a map. Why, uh, uh Clara thinks that the, uh, the sheriff's next goal is going to be the county next door. <laughs> and he says, the world! <laughs> so, oh, okay, she, he's, he's mentioned the other three counties, so she goes, <laughs> okay, now I get it. So, yeah. stuff like that. And, and then what you get is a pretty basic joke that would work anywhere with different place names. Yeah. Because yeah, that's true. funny. She's been set up for an expectation. She fills in the blank. He says, no, <laughs> and flips it on its head. You know, that's that's just sort of basic comedy writing. But no, I feel like a lot of times what they give, what Chris Chibnall has given Jodie Whittaker to do is the kind of um, motor mouth thing where she's just talking and while everybody else around her is baffled by what's going on. And that's something that Matt Smith could nail. Yeah. And for some reason, when she does it, it doesn't click. It just doesn't land. So, yeah, I agree completely. How could somebody uh, with the level of experience that Chris Chibnall has not watch that happening and say, you know, maybe we need to be (laughs) writing differently for her? Because one of the great actors of of the past is, is said to have been on his deathbed and somebody asked him, you know, is is this difficult for you? And, And he said, dying is easy. Comedy, so <laughs> that's who knows if that happened or not. But well, anyway. in addition to the comedy that might be changing as we go back to a former showrunner, do you think we'll get some of those familiar musical tones? That might be what I'm oh. more excited about than anything. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, yeah, yeah because again, we know that there was a feeling that the show needed a general shakeup. Right. So we're going to get a new showrunner, new doctor and new composer. Maybe that was too much all at once, because it makes me want to look up other works of Sigo Nakanoa, because I I just wasn't impressed. I really don't like that theme and um, (laughs) that version of the theme. So maybe if we're doing a total cleaning of house again, (laughs) I hadn't I hadn't even thought about it. But you're right. Wouldn't that be interesting for um, Shudi's doctor to have a different sound to it different or evoke those same feelings um mm-hmm. what well speaking of another franchise again back to star trek that we talk talk mm. about a lot i feel like their current main composer jeff russo he's amazing yeah he is amazing what he has done for all their themes is is just is different of course but it it, mm-hmm. it hits all those same tones i mean if you like the shows or not, I think the music is, is pretty spectacular yeah. for, for the new iterations of Trek. I, I couldn't agree more. And I, I one of the things that I'm just gobsmacked by is the theme for Strange New Worlds, so good. which is almost the Alexander Courage original series theme. But it's not. It modulates and it goes in a slightly different direction, but it's still recognizable as being the TOS theme. It's yep. just... Yes. Uh, I, I'd really like to see a panel or something with uh, Jeff Russo talking about that. How the heck did you make that work? There's a really good 
uh, podcast episode of it was like the official Star Trek podcast. Mm. I'll, I'll drop the link somewhere, but it has him talking about composition and being a fan of you know relating it back to Doctor Who, being a fan of what came before, right? And paying reverence to that because when you hear him talk about uh, the Courage uh, title and other composers that I never, I didn't know the name of the composers <laughs> throughout the the trek the nineties and on up he he is just like like having the time of his life talking about what came before and how much he appreciates it and and pay tries to pay tribute to those things. Please send me that because I yeah <laughs> I got I got to hear that. Do you think there's any element from Doctor Who that we could just beam in on, focus in on? And bring it forward to just have something dynamic and amazing. And I mean, even more recently, I think of, and I don't know if this how it was originally slated, but how we tied in the face of Bowen to Jack Harkness, how mm-hmm. it eventually, I'm just thinking, is there one nugget we could pull out to be like, mm-hmm. this would be an amazing, amazing kicking off point for a new series. I would personally like to see some old villains come back. Well, yeah. I mean, we, and we've certainly done that before. Yeah, I love the 2005 series introduction to the Daleks. That episode that's just called Dalek. Oh yeah, that because that Dalek is genuinely scary. But we also had to take it really seriously because it was also in pain, and its enemy was a, a human who was keeping it locked up to figure out what makes it tick. That, that's a great script, you know, just any way you look at it. And in the end, we feel sorry for the thing. <laughs> How did we get from there to here? And so uh, I felt like that was that was who at that time saying, going forward, this is what Daleks are going to be like. I'm like, wow. And then we dropped it and went back to form of them yeah. just sort of scuttling around and letting you know that they're about to shoot you. They just, fly now. Well, and that really started right at the end of the, the classic series. It's Sylvester McCoy who gets to say, you know, if you're so smart, why don't you follow me up the stairs? And then it does. <laughs> Which had to have been, you know, for people watching the show at the time, like, oh, my God. <laughs> that had to have been something. Well, you know, I personally always enjoy anything that has to do with Time Lord technology huh. and and the implications of it. I always think that I always think the TARDIS itself is very interesting, and it is the central character of the show. You could argue it's the it's the only thing that's always yeah. been there, and um, so any time that we take it apart, put it back together, you know, turn it inside out, things like that, I always love that. But I'm not just talking about it as a set piece, but I mean, part of we'll talk about Flatline here pretty soon, I think. And um, uh, one of the things I liked about that was is that um, the 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 technological problem of the TARDIS is that its external dimensions are changing in a way that's not helpful to uh, the Doctor and Clara, yeah. and so and so what that means is she's on her own. She's got the Doctor on call. She can even eventually put him in her handbag, <laughs> but she's got to do all the things that the Doctor would do. Yeah, and that's what's interesting about that. Yeah. Or when that happened before on the planet, what we call the planet of the giants, it turns out they're not giants. It's that, every, <laughs> it's that our, our, our principal cast has gotten small because the, of the TARDIS dimension thing again. Yeah. But then what happens because they're tiny people in the place that they are, you know, that's, that's what becomes interesting about that story. So that's, that's what I would like to see is, is more things that are unique to Doctor Who being used to propel a story in a particular direction or... 
Yeah, for me, I think it's just time itself. Mm-hmm. I always love, although 90% of the time they don't make any sense. <laughs> but I love a clever, a clever time-based story. And I don't think we've gotten much of that lately. Um, the last one I think that really wowed me in any sense was the uh, appearance of Sasha, Sasha the One's Master. Mm-hmm. Um, in the plane sequence and that whole story, I, I that kind of wowed me a little bit, but I don't think we get enough, you know, just blow your mind time episodes, and for good reason. They're probably hard to write. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine. But but I, I, I think that's one of the things why Blink is so beloved. Yeah, is because they had these DVDs that were recorded. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, people who know the episode know what I'm trying to describe. But anyway. Here's my brain. Don't think about yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> he he has her responses already, so he gives him her the questions that yeah. Anyway. Self kiss. It's 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 fabulous, but right. Yeah, it really works. Um and that that's a brilliant use of uh of time travel. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you. I'd like to see a lot more of that. You know? I get a time machine for heaven's sake. Yeah, Tommy Wimey. We need more. Yeah. <laughs> I understand why they, they don't run into themselves from time to time, but I don't know. Well, I was going to say, maybe it'd be interesting if they did, but that's Father's Day, isn't it? Yeah. We've, well, didn't we kind of write that away with the demons uh, spawning? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's because the Time Lords are back. Yeah. I had forgotten that there actually was an in-canon explanation for why that, that doesn't happen anymore. But, yeah, if, if Gallifrey has been uh, restored, and uh, so there's a whole planet there, um, I dig going back there again. We always uh, go to, when we go to Gallifrey, we're always in literally the same physical place. We always go to the Citadel of the Time Lords. It's a whole planet. I'd, I'd like to see yeah. what else is going on there. Yeah, let's so. get a Time Lords uh, or a Gallifrey spinoff series. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't know. You saw you saw how long Krypton lasted, but I like that series. Too. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. that's what happens. <laughs> so I'm aware that we've been talking for an hour, and that my dog is going nuts. So uh, <laughs> that means it's time to wrap it up. But I, I did I did want to ask you. Um, we were talking about Star Wars and about this idea that maybe uh, people who are complaining about the not liking the franchise maybe they've they've outgrown it or these are the wrong ones for them or whatever who do you who do you think doctor who is supposed to be for <sighs> are we geeking about a kid's show here well famously tea time right right but it's not anymore it's not anymore no i, I definitely feel like it is i mean obviously it's, it's grown but who is it for Again, you get into that dynamic of do you appease to the young crowd? Do you appease to the older? Yeah. Um, and the answer is yes. Yes, to both. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're just looking... For me, what I come to Doctor Who for as a science fiction program, mm-hmm. I come not necessarily for the comedy or the drama. I come for the cleverness mm. of the Doctor. Yeah. I, to me, as a, a science fiction franchise, that's pivotal for it to be successful. And whether it be the myriad of ways we look at how the TARDIS can impact the story, or we look at 
how we have this timey-wimey based story that is going to wow us, make it clever. That's all I want. And if it's clever, I could get on board with whatever other small things you kind of change on the show. That's such a great observation. And and I'm just thinking, oh, me too. Me, Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, because uh, when I used to have to defend the the cheapness and the kind of the the, the weirdness of um, the original series to people, they would say, "How can you watch this?" <laughs> and I would say, "Because it's smart. Yeah, because they don't have money, and so they've they've compensated by by being clever. Yeah, you know that what they have is ideas instead, which is you know American TV could use a dose of that. Does Doctor Who inspire hope? Hmm. I mean, we met, we just the bookend. We mentioned the little girl seeing Jodie Whittaker for the mm-hmm. first time, and now you have people looking at, at Judy coming up. That was has it historically been a program that inspires hope? This this is going to be a great thing for us to go out on. I I certainly hope so because you know when when you and Kyle and I wrote our our chapter about Doctor Who for the book of Real Characters, that was one of the things that we we were all drawn to talk about was throughout the years, the doctor has been an aspirational figure that we've, we've said, I want to be like that. And that, I think that meant something different to each of us, which I love, you know? Yeah. Um, but for me, I, I, I love any um, sort of superhero character like that, who thinks their way out of a situation that from the beginning, the concept of, well, Stephen Moffat said this, you know, they didn't give him a ray gun. They gave him a screwdriver to fix things. Yeah. You know, he doesn't have two brains or something. He's got two hearts. Yeah. How how wonderful is that? The doctor throughout the, all these these years has continually saved other people. You know, uh, saved the whole planet. You know, and, and 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 without force, without brutality. Winning is that what you think it's about? I'm not trying to win. I'm not doing this because I want to beat someone, or because I hate someone, or because. Because I want to blame someone? It's not because it's fun. God knows it's not because it's easy. It's not even because it works, because it hardly ever does. I do what I do because it's right. Because it's decent. And above all, it's kind. It's just that. Just kind. That gives me hope. I, and I try to be like that. That I want to be like that. Even though I know that's a fictitious character, even though I know this is a fantasy universe, I still want to be like that. Yeah. I, and I can't imagine that, that the 14th Doctor isn't going to have those qualities as well. What What is it about the Doctor that, or Doctor Who that has given you hope? I, I think, well, for me, it seems like it's always when he speaks of earthlings or the human race mm, right how great we can be yeah and we can even see them chastise us in the times where we've overstepped our bounds or gotten out of line so just looking at what we can be from his point of view knowing the scope of where we're going to be however many years in the future mm. and, and inspiring us to do greater I, I think that's one of the greatest things I get from the doctor is love of the human race, the love that we all should have for our fellow man and inspire. Let's grow together. Let's do something that's never been done before. Right. Yeah. <laughs> something good. 
<laughs> something, yeah, so, something good. Right. Big caveat. Homo sapiens. What an inventive, invincible species. It's only a few million years since they crawled up out of the mud and learned to walk. Puny, defenseless bipeds. They've survived flood, famine, and plague. They've survived cosmic wars and holocausts. No. Here they are, out among the stars, waiting to begin a new life, ready to outsit eternity. They're indomitable. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He's he's always challenging us to uh, exceed our expectations of ourselves, and, and it's good to have an outsider's perspective of that. Yeah, and he's Sorry. saying I, I can look at the whole race. I, I can look at your whole history, and say you if you knew what you're capable of. You, uh, you're right. That's inspiring. Well, before I start crying, I'm gonna get off and go do some other things. We got to get back to work. Oh yeah. Yeah, the country's, over. <laughs> the country's economy is going to pot if we don't to get back to... Well, this has been great fun. I just always enjoy talking with you, and we just got to hang out today, so... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we'll be back next time. You've been listening to The Discussing Network. Find out more at DiscussingNetwork.com. 